I'm really excited for today's topic. Uh, and we've had a lot of people already in the comments um, giving who they would nominate. So first, let's talk about WAG. You Beef and Hassle Cattle Company. We brought you damn good beer and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source to farm to table wag you beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the U.S. and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. We've told you guys all about their bacon, their hamburgers, their steaks, their sausages. It really is so good. We actually buy them like this is that's how we are with all of our products. But like that's I want you guys to believe like we've all bought these and eaten them and truly enjoy these products. So that's why we are recommending them to you. And you get a promo code if you use DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% per off. Whoa. That's a new <laughs> Uh, Wagyu beef, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I added a little Song. French to that. That's DNVR10 for 10% off any orders over $200, and you receive free shipping. Check them out, and we promise you will not be disappointed. We still haven't had the Denver Steaks yet. Been a little busy at the DNVR bar. With oh, I did. We of... had some the other night. We just, How was just it? last night. It was delicious. Absolutely really? I'm fantastic. so excited. Yeah, so good. Did, did you season them in any specific way? Do you, Ryan, no, does Ryan we... need some tips? <clears throat> You, you know we've we haven't been doing that with the with the wagyu with the, you know normally you know with stuff back in the in the before times when we used to buy beef at the grocery <laughs> store or whatever yeah we would season the crap out of those things the but before times <laughs> just to see like and straight up actually rocky's fan saw me get in the middle of the podcast last week or whatever my big order i got the free shipping if you want to know how much i got big old order of <clears throat> wagyu beef and yeah i haven't been seasoning it at all just cooked them straight up nice and still pink in the no middle. seasoning no at, seasoning not even salt and pepper all. i mean i mean you throw a little salt okay, okay. I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. But, but, <laughs> but no like steak like, seasoning you put salt and pepper on everything i don't think that counts <laughs> but yeah just like the smallest amount too because the flavor of the steak does all the work don't overcook it unless that's what you're into but we had nice rare denver steaks little potato oh my goodness can't I'm, be beat I'm going to give out a free advertisement, which is something I normally don't do. But John Elway has brought three Super Bowls to Denver. That's the three best things he's ever done. The fourth best thing he's ever done is Elway's steak seasoning. <laughs> it is so good. Um, but I don't like I, – I mean, if you get it well done, then I understand the shaming. But I feel like people shame the temperature of who what people like so much. We went to a restaurant the other day, and I asked for medium, and Ryan's like, really? Yeah, no, you Ryan's correct. Medium rare. <laughs> and I'm – if anything. And I'm like, I'm but I want medium. Yeah, you're, you're, you're on a limb by yourself on that one, Allie. <laughs> I just don't like the shaming. If I want it medium, then I want it freaking medium. <laughs> yeah. anyway. We can leave it at that. Anyways, <laughs> I got it medium rare and it was delicious. I uh -huh. understand. But sometimes it's just a little too pink for me. But that's the best thing about Wagyu and Hassle Cattle Company is you get to cook it at home on your own and make it exactly the way you want it with what seasoning you want with salt and pepper, all that type of thing. So definitely check out Hassle Cattle Company today. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Scott. He has done it again. 
Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Two-run home run. Trevor Story. Lock. End zone. Touchdown. Number two for Sutton. Got it. Oh, man. That's from way downtown. And the blue arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Scott! Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I've got an avalanche here because the Avs play tonight, so we are starting it off early. Oh my god, I can't open that. <laughs> oh no. Ow. <laughs> that was the point of the podcast right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost broke my nail, but that's the commitment I have to this show um, and to Breckenridge Brewery. They are awesome. You guys know how much we love them. They are the official DNVR beer. Um, and it's Thursday. The Avs play. Nuggets play tomorrow. Go get some Breck Brews. You can find them at the supermarket, Costco, wherever. They are fan freaking tastic. The topic of the show today is who is the greatest athlete of all time in all sports. Like I said, the comment section is going crazy. Everyone um, has their opinions on this. But before we start, I'm actually going to have each of you nominate someone from your individual sports. And then we can talk about who in general we think is the all time great. So we're going to have a hockey nomination, a baseball nomination, a basketball nomination and a football nomination. And the reason we're talking about this today, it might not be specifically Denver sports, but there's a lot of conversation going on about Tom Brady being one of the greatest or being in those conversations with him making it to another Super Bowl with the Buccaneers now. And then the MLB, we just went through the Hall of Fame class. They don't have any nominations for this class. So there's just a lot of topics around how do you determine who the greatest is? Is it easy to even just nominate one person or do we have more options for that? So we're going to start off with Harrison. Who is your nomination for basketball? Greatest basketball player of all time. I'm going to nominate LeBron James. Oh, wow. Oh, I was going to say, this start. is never controversial. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's get the comments. Okay. Let's get everyone heated. All right. <laughs> so this is a tough one. And I mean, full disclosure, yeah. I think it's impossible to compare LeBron to Jordan just because of how different basketball is now compared to how it was. Uh, when Jordan played. I mean, it's a, a completely different game. It's almost a completely different sport. Um, but I just look at the longevity that LeBron has already had. He's played 17 seasons. Jordan only played 15. And the last two years of Jordan's career were on the Wizards, which were kind of just throwaway seasons anyway. LeBron right now is at such a higher level than Jordan was at in those last two seasons. And I think LeBron's definitely got more than two years left. So the longevity is a big factor. I think the competition that LeBron goes against in this era in the NBA is way better than the competition Jordan went against uh, when he was at his peak. And, and so those are the two biggest arguments um, that I think go LeBron's way. Look, I'm not like super tied to LeBron. I think there are a lot of good arguments for Jordan. It's close in my opinion. And if also if you're looking at just the individual player, what LeBron does as a playmaker, 
um, how he gets his teammates involved. I think he does that kind of stuff to a degree that Jordan never did. That's not to say that Jordan couldn't have done those things if that's what he was trying to do and that's what was going to be required of him. But they played the game a little bit differently. I think you could definitely I've, – I've heard a lot of the argument of just that basketball is so different. The, the the athletes themselves, like LeBron James, you look at him, like the way he's built and everything compared to just basketball back then. I understand the argument, but people – is anyone in this pot, uh, on this panel feel differently about that? Because everyone was like, oh, Ryan, do you have a different opinion on it? I, I mean – I have to say it's like really hard to to disagree with Harrison because his take was so well balanced. Um, it, it didn't really get uh, it didn't really get away from him. He kept it really nice and tight. Um, I, I mean, you can obviously make the case for Jordan. He has more rings. You know that can be a, a trump card in these type of conversations, whether you like that or not. Um, but I think it's it's too close to tell, honestly. Uh, and so, well, yes, you can make the, the, the argument for Jordan. And also Jordan has this nostalgia, this coolness, the brand that like works, you know, it, it's working for him 24 uh, seven mm-hmm. and his legacy only gets better with time. Uh, so that makes, you know, an interesting dynamic here too. But uh, when, when I think about it like long and hard and I think about, the way that LeBron James does get his teammates involved and the way that he plays the game from a um, mental level, it's really hard to argue against him. It's really hard to argue against him, but it's also hard to argue against Jordan. So uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hammer either side here. You're not picking a side. Drew, do you have a side that you're picking? I know what side Drew is picking. I mean, I pick MJ. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm definitely on Drew's MJ's side. Drew's nostalgia in that, in that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really think it has anything to do with nostalgia. I think it has particularly to do with just a preference of styles of play. I think the two biggest things that have been left out of the conversation so far is that Jordan played in an era that was much more defensive-minded and the rules weren't quite so tilted toward the offense. And uh, th- there was a lot more of, like, you could hand-check guys and, and, guys would t- and Jordan took absolutely – brutal beatings in the playoffs that would get guys thrown out and ejected for the rest of the series if it happened now in those games against the Detroit Pistons and stuff like that. Um, and I and, and for me, I've always appreciated somebody in any sport who can do it in one team, one place, one city for their career. And we're not counting the Wizards stuff, but, you know, that – you know, we talk about, did he make the guys around him better? I know, we, you know, LeBron does a lot of great passing and, and, and team play and all of that, but Jordan's taken like Rodman and Steve Kerr and those guys were great at what they did, but definitely role players to all of these championships where LeBron's like, all right, I'm going to go play with Dwayne Wade for a little while. All right, cool. Now I'm going to jump to this super team. All right, cool. Now I'm going to jump to this super team. And it's, it's just easier to compile stats when you do it that way, where Jordan, you know, had to spend the first several years of his career battling through a team that had been historically awful, uh, you know, didn't leave and let them go get a, a top round pick and Kyrie Irving to then come back and be like, hey, I won a championship because we got this guy. Like, they, I, I just think it was a harder, I guess if you're, if you're putting it that way, like who had the harder task in front of them? Uh, you know, for me, it, it was Jordan and for him to win all those championships in one place so dominantly that just like, it was like, 
oh, is Jordan show up to play basketball this year? Okay, well then we know who's going to win the title. Like, yeah, that's. I think I think the counter to that, if I could just say, is that look, LeBron played his first what was it, seven years or so in Cleveland, and his second best player that that Cavs team put around him was like Zadrunas Ogalskis. <laughs> and how many finals games did he win in those seven years? Well, none. And that's what I'm saying. And that uh, Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen um, from a pretty early time in his Bulls tenor, a top 50 player of all time. So I, I think that's probably the counter to that. But totally, I, I can understand the argument of, you know, just doing it the tough way and doing it with one team. I, I, I definitely appreciate that. And I think that's something that could definitely hurt just LeBron's legacy long term. But I think when we probably examine this debate 15, 20 years from now, everybody in the LeBron James era and in the post LeBron James era, nobody's going to be sticking with one team uh, for their entire career. Those days are long gone. I I think, unfortunately, I I wish to an extent it was still like that, but. But, but like, those are just going to stay on the I was going to say, don't tell us. Right. Don't tell us Jokic is leaving. Right? Except for Nicole Let me Jokic. believe what I want to believe. I, I think that's part of why I support LeBron, too, is, look, I don't want to take away from the other stars in the league back in MJ's day. There were plenty, and they were extremely good. But the league has never been deeper than it is now when it comes to true superstar talent. And that's why we see the building of these super teams is because – Dudes don't want to wear themselves out when it's every single night. It's superstar versus superstar, and the whoever plays better that night is going to win. Instead, you get two or three superstars, and you roll over teams, and it's kind of back to what it used to be, where it's like, all right, everybody knows you're going to have to go through MJ in the playoffs. Now it's everybody knows you're going to have to go through the super team, whether it be Golden State or the Lakers or whoever in the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I think make would make an interesting – part of this argument and I and I think the answer is pretty clear but is who would be better off Jordan in today's era or LeBron in Jordan's era and, and to me I think it's pretty clearly LeBron in Jordan's era yeah yeah I mean yeah certainly he because because of the, the size he's got the physical I mean right there's no one yeah. even close to that type of uh, size, strength, and speed combination back then, right. and it still there still isn't. But it, the gap was even bigger then. Yeah, I wonder if mentally he could handle the challenge of just. I, I think there's also something, night, something RK, where it's just like athletes are getting ridiculously totally. more athletic and oh, yeah. uh, have much you know higher basketball IQs and are just so much more skilled now than than they were in the '90s too. But I, I see what you're saying. Just humans as a whole are, like, evolving to be more bigger and more powerful. I mean, we even had that discussion in this building, in the DNVR bar, trying to get furniture out of one of the doors over here. It's uh, People were smaller. There was just smaller build uh, before, back in this building was built in 1903, maybe, 1920. And so we could not even fit just, like, these regular chairs that you guys see, like, through those doors. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um all right drew let's move on to you who you you told me two players so i'm gonna have you choose one um but who is the greatest baseball player of all time 
So I actually did a lot of research on this recently because, sadly, uh, the person that I think is the answer to this question just passed away, and that's Hank Aaron. Um, <clears throat> I think you can make an argument for Willie Mays or Babe Ruth if you really yeah. want to, but in my estimation, Hank Aaron's the best ball player who ever lived. He's certainly the best hitter who ever lived. There, there, there's some pretty incredible stats that we went through on the podcast, on the Rockies pod, right after he passed away. And two of them really stick out to me because Hank Aaron's known, Hammer and Hank, right? He's the home run king, the, the true home run king, because we know Barry Bonds, that's not real. Um, <laughs> 755, it's one of the most famous numbers in the history of sports. Anybody you know, around our age, our generation, you know, has just grown up with that always having been a thing. Everyone who's ever seen a sports highlight has seen the highlight of Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's record uh, to become the new home run king. It's the thing he's known for. But if you took away all 755 of Hank Aaron's career home runs, and he had zero for his career, he'd still have 3,000 hits. Jesus. He would still get wow. into the Hall of Fame based on his ability to contact hit. That's my second favorite Hank Aaron stat. Here's my first, and I, and I got to give a, a tip of the hat to our guy, Will, who, you know, is a longtime DNVR subscriber, supporter, just an all-star. And he pointed out to me, and I double-checked the math on this, that uh, Hank Aaron leads in all of history in total bases, right? 6,856 bases. And if you think of it, it's basically the equivalent of yards in football, right? It's just, what, do you, what is your job as an offensive player? Go forward on the base paths. He has about 750 more than the second-place player, Stan Musial, all-time history of baseball in total bases. Stan Musial would have to go an extra 12 miles around the bases to catch Hank Aaron. Wow. That's impressive. That's how, like, he just was an offensive animal. He hit the ball. He ran the bases. He was a great defender, too, though obviously not what he was known for, Willie Mays. That's where he starts to get in the conversation. You talk about five-tool players. Willie Mays is probably the guy you're maxing out all the bars on all the tools in baseball for. But... If hitting a baseball truly is the hardest thing to do in sports, and Hank Aaron's the best there ever was at doing it, I think that's the man. I think that's the guy. So at the risk of opening Pandora's box, I have a question. Oh, um, I, I consider myself to be a pretty big baseball fan, uh, you know, and, and I, I am heavily slanted towards the Rockies. But when, when I think of Hank Aaron, I only think of home runs. So why has baseball been so bad at illuminating how great Hank Aaron was at everything else? Yeah, uh, a lot of it is, and, and we forget, you know, how controversial it was. We, I think a lot of us live in a time where we feel like, oh, yeah, it, you know, this great thing. But there was a lot of negative press and hate mail and, and everything that went toward Hank Aaron at the time. It wasn't this big celebration of a thing some people you know really weren't happy about it and there was an animosity between hank aaron and a lot of baseball writers and a lot of baseball owners and gms and commissioners and people who just didn't like that this black man was breaking the record of an all-time white american hero in babe ruth and sadly it has dampened the legacy of a lot of these players probably nobody more than hank aaron because yeah, a lot of people don't. You're not alone in that, RK. I think that's actually pretty common. It's most people don't they go, oh, yeah, he's the home run king guy, but is he really one of the greatest of all time? I'm like, yeah, 
he really was the the other one the guy has so we've been looking at hall of fame stuff this is the other stat i forgot about and you know if you're like in the high 50s low 60s in that todd helton the scott Rowland range you're a borderline probably going to get into the hall of fame guy hank aaron has 143.1 career war that's seventh wow. all time <laughs> and it and, and like that's it's just an insane number but the guy yeah he's so he's he's thought of as this one-dimensional player and sadly the the short answer to your question is the history of racism in baseball that hasn't been yeah. you know fully overcome how how do you quantify pitchers into this equation because they're statistically just so unique and I don't know how you compare them to a batter. And, and first of all, Doc Ellis should just be the greatest of all time for pitching a no-hitter on LSD. <laughs> on LSD. But, yeah. That is wild. Yeah, check out the YouTube video about on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's Doc I haven't too, yeah. seen the documentary on him. I check want it out. to. Uh, yeah, the pitchers, man, that it's so tough. And I, I maybe grew up in that biased mindset of if you don't play every day, you can't be the best baseball player in the field. You get your own award. You're not MVP. You're not that guy. You play once every five days. But it's also the most important position on the diamond when you're out there. Uh, luckily, I don't know that there's any slam dunk case. That Cy Young is actually the pitcher with the most war. And, you know, we've named the award after him. He has an unbreakable record. But he has that problem that Babe Ruth has where – and it's kind of a Wilt Chamberlain thing also in basketball where it's like you were putting up these ridiculous numbers before a lot of people were even playing the game, before it was popular, before people were playing the game that way. And so it's just like, you know, you weren't playing against any black people, so you didn't have to hit off a satchel page. Your home run records are great, but how great are they? It's similar with Cy Young, you know, you're going out there pitching every third ball game. <laughs> but yeah. You know, the guys like Nolan Ryan might get into that conversation and stuff like that. But I don't think there's a pitcher that I think you'd get to four or five position players before you really started looking at pitchers. Before we move on to the break, someone in the comments and I just I just want it's a hot take. So I just want to hear what you guys think. Um, this person said Jokic and Jordan era would be an MVP easy. Harrison, I don't, know if, I don't know if Nikola Jokic would have got off the bench in the Jordan era, to be honest. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Why do you say that? I, I don't know if he would have gotten a shot. Like, mm -hmm. like to be real, if you're if you were uh, a European player in the Jordan era, like it was a tough road, man. Like Tony Kukoc only made it because I think those Bulls teams were super forward thinking. And he was like a big-time European prospect when he came over. Nikola Jokic, like coming over as a second-round guy, having to like work your way up through a team, that was tough, tough sledding in the 80s and 90s if you were a Euro. Okay, like, but let's just say you take current Nikola Jokic, transport him into that – he's a starter on, you know, I don't know, a, a random team. Yeah. Oh, he, I mean, if if he w was a player, if he was a starter, yeah, he he would be dominant for sure. I, even then, I think it'd take some time, right? Because back then, you take your big guy, you stick him down low, and he just stands there, right? Yeah. Right. Someone you have to scheme around a little bit to really get yeah. the most out of him. <laughs> well, well, it already took like three years for the Nuggets to realize what they had in Jokic. So imagine how long it would have taken back then, right? <laughs> um. So someone in the comments just said wind. Then someone else said, Allie, and my brain was like, oh, why are they saying my name? And then I was like, 
dumb. Oh. Ali, <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> talking about greatest athletes of all time. Um, so that was a moment where I was like, what? Oh, oh. Stop. How self-centered of you. I can, know, can right? I, can, I, can I get Drew's just 30-second opinion on Barry Bonds? Because I, I heard it yesterday. Know if there's ever been another hitter, and Drew can correct me if I'm wrong, who gets intentionally walked when the bases are loaded. That, right. like, that, that is a pretty nice little uh, feather in Barry Bonds' cap, I would have to think. For sure. Yeah, um, th- that one's tough, obviously. You know, I, I, I don't like the steroid stuff. It was it was really bad for the game. Um, before that, he was, yeah, I mean, one of the best eyes at the plate you've ever seen. Great power stroke, all that stuff. And even early in his career, he was kind of a five-tool guy, too. He, he was a good defender, good base runner, all those things. Um, but... Yeah, it's just hard to know what to do with his ability, you know, with the longevity and the fact that, you know, people like to point out all the walks and stuff like this. But it's like, well, yeah, the pitchers knew what was going on, too. And so it's it's it, you know, it's like they they knew what he was doing. And he also got they we never talked about the big piece of armor he wore on his front arm. Also, that was kind of a grandfathered in thing. So Barry yeah. Bonds is one of the greatest hitters of all time, to be sure. But you know, he, he put the cloud of doubt over himself. So I, I can't go forward and say, yeah, he definitely could have maintained and been that kind of guy as long as Hank Aaron. But he does have the same argument you mentioned about other people. He's probably hitting against much better pitchers. I can't imagine the guys in the 60s and 70s were bringing it against Aaron the way that like Roger Clemens and Pedro Martinez and stuff. I, I mean, what Johnson when it's Barry Bonds versus a juiced out of his mind pitcher, like prime sure. Gagne or somebody, but right. ball go real far. That's what, that, that, that's what, that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I just think getting intentionally walked with the bases loaded is like yeah. the biggest sign of respect in the history of sports. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it has happened at one other time. In fact, it might've happened to Willie Mays. If it happened to anybody mm-hmm. else, it was probably Willie Mays. But I don't know. What was that? What was that? Sound? <laughs> Something's oh ready for somebody. Get your wagyu beef out the oven. Sorry, I think that might have been a uh, text. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! So loud. Like, was that loud? Like, yes. Oh my god! That was so loud. And, wow. Okay. Um, I want you. I want you to go back too. and listen to that how loud. That was. Everyone was like, "Whoa." Um, I thought like the the bar like Same. alarm was going off or something. <laughs> That's how loud it was. <laughs> We've got people in the comments saying you've got mail. Um, D lines dial up. <laughs> um, okay, it is the Super Bowl in two weeks. A moment. A lot of football fans have been waiting for all season and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do is get your share of these huge prizes. To get your share in these huge prizes is to enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Right. Is that what we did the other day? Yes, we did. Um, so you guys should go do it. All of us only made $3, which I I was told you can't complain about any type of free money, even if it's just $3. But everyone in the comments for DNVR Bets Daily also only got $3. Yes, so I'm that's curious. 
These are like scratch tickets. You don't complain when you win. I understand, but I just want to know if people do it if they get more than three dollars. Someone will, yes. Someone in yes in the United States. The rest States, of us are getting that, tossed know, down at the DMVR I want to know are members anyone who watches if you get anything more than three dollars? Let me know because I really want to know if we're all just getting the three dollar luck. But anyways, <laughs> um, download the DraftKings Kings app now and use that promo code DNVR to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize. Like I said, we got $3, up to $25,000 just for playing. Use that promo code DNVR now and enter for free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Ryan, before we move on from DraftKings, you got to tell the people how you've been making money. Miko, especially tonight, Avs play once again. Miko's shots on goal has not steered you wrong. Yeah, uh, Miko ran in shots on goal was the original GameStop stock. Um <laughs> I mean, you just, it's just, you know, turning everyday people into millionaires. Um, it's six and one on the season through seven games. Uh, last year in the bubble, I believe it was 10 and six. So now we're up to like 16 and seven since DraftKings started uh, offering it. Uh, it's it's just easy money. And, and for some reason, they keep allowing us to bet it. I mean, you, you know, you complain about th- free $3. Well, they're giving you free however much money you want pretty much every night. I, but I have a bet on it because it's in the minus. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a big-time yeah. you problem. Hey, guys, I'm getting into it. Hey, it took me forever to get into it. Now I'm into it. I just got my rules. I got how I feel about things. Just like my medium stakes. You guys are just arguing with me. Rules are meant anyway. to be broken. You're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. Ali is a big fan of medium steaks and losing bets. At least I don't like well done (laughs) steaks. Give me credit for that. Um, But Gabe Landeskog shots on goal is also doing very well. RK has agreed not to bet on that since everyone else has been doing well on that. So definitely get in on that. And if you haven't uh, downloaded DraftKings Sportsbook, Download it today and use that promo code DNVR. All right. I want to move on to football, but a lot of people in the comments um, have been saying that Bo Jackson needs to be recognized in some way in that conversation, of course, played in the MLB and the NFL. So So if the, the, the prompt is throwing people off a little bit here, because we wanted to include all sports, we went with who is the greatest athlete of all time. Not in the terms of, like, who is the most athletic person of all time. Uh, mm. Because in, if that was the question, then Bo Jackson obviously would be one of the answers. And I think LeBron James would also probably have his case, too. Um, maybe Jr. Smith. He might have a case. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will not uh, go against any Jr. Smith love. Um, so, yeah, it's not really who is the most athletic person of all time because – that would open up a totally different question, uh, and Bo Jackson would obviously have to be in there. If you want everyone in chat to get mad at me, my hot take is I'll take Deion Sanders over Bo I was Jackson. Say, no. Yeah, Deion Sanders might have a better case, actually. Yeah, and that is a really if Bo never got injured. It'd be a different story, but and that is a great case for branding um, because the same way that Jordan's brand helps him over time, 
Deion Sanders, like everyone remembers him. He's just, everything he did was memorable, and that's uh. That's did smart. you guys know that Deion Sanders is R.J. Hampton's godfather? I just oh. learned. That. No way. Yeah. I did not know that. Fun facts on the yeah. The Denver Sports right? Podcast. Yeah. A- anyway, sorry. Go ahead, R.K. No, I, I think I'm I'm done with my spiel on greatest athlete ever versus most athletic person. And ever. I think that a lot of people in the comment understood the prompt in that way. Um, there's definitely a few people that comment the in the comments mentioned that I do want to talk about at the end of the show. Um, but we, I just saw a lot of people saying Bo Jackson being mentioned. Of course, he played in the MLB and in the NFL, so did want to give a little shout out on that end. So Ryan who is the greatest NFL player of all time. I think this is also a bit controversial because a lot of people are talking about today and are talking about Tom Brady. I mean, we have someone in the comments right now. He is the greatest QB in the NFL ever is what um, one of the comments is saying. Oh, wow. Rudo. (laughs) Eric says he's unsubscribing (laughs) because of your take. Don't do that to us. Yeah, no, I, he's just I, I know he's subscribing from, from me. Yeah, he's just fading me. It's fine. You oh, can fade me all you want. I understand that. And then someone with that RJ Hampton little chime is saying, oh, there you go, wind chimes. <laughs> from yeah, that, that was not me, full disclosure. That was not me. That was um, Rohan, uh, not a Carmi on Sports Illustrated who, who came Way out. to give the credit. Not, yeah. <laughs> when you, you have as many right. chimes as wind does, you don't have to take credit for ones that aren't yours. Um <laughs> Okay, so this is uh this kind of sucks. Uh, I don't want to do this, um, but I'll start with some with some fun ones. Um, the best player at their position in NFL history was Jerry Rice. Um, he's the greatest wide receiver of all time, very easily. Most receiving yards in history, most 1,000 yard receiving seasons in history, most receptions in history, most total touchdowns in history. That includes running backs. Uh, most combined yards in history, that's Jerry Rice. He's got like all the Super Bowl records, a bunch of playoff records. He is the furthest above anyone else at his position in NFL history. Um, Jim Brown, I, I think, ha- has a case here. Longevity hurts him. And in the end, I think you can only make a case for the best player of all time at the sport. At the, They have to have played the most important position in the sport. Uh, and that, of course, is quarterback. Kicker. And <laughs> so unfortunately, close, the greatest quarterback of all time in the NFL is Tom Brady. Um, I, don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to say this. Um, but I, I have to be honest with, with, uh, with the facts. And, and I think it is a fact at this point that Tom Brady is the best quarterback in NFL history. And, I mean, if he gets this one, Basically, actually, it doesn't matter if he gets this one or not, but especially if he gets this one, any narrative that was used against him all this time has to be put to bed. Um, It's very clearly to me at this point that Brady was a Belichick product more than Belichick was a Brady product. Or sorry, Belichick was a Brady product more than Brady was a Belichick product. Uh, And that's proven itself out this season as, you know, uh, Belichick didn't get to the playoffs without him. And uh, and Brady's in the Super Bowl. So I don't like this take. I, I don't want to be the guy saying this on this show. But unfortunately, I think by the uh, you know, process of elimination, Tom Brady's the best football player of all time. I think especially because of everything Tom Brady has recently done, 
especially Broncos history. I have my own history with Tom Brady with the Eagles. Like he's so easy to hate. And I still don't like Tom Brady. I I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but it's so hard with an athlete like that to not respect them. So like, I'm always like, boo Brady, oh, whatever I can't. But at the end of the day, like everything that he's accomplished in the NFL, the fact that he's still in the NFL at his age at QB, like you can't not respect him and, and acknowledge the greatness that he is, even if you don't like him, because trust me, I don't like it, but you can't not acknowledge who he is and what he's done in this league. Honestly, like the Brady legacy sounds like something you talk about from like the 1960s, you know, and, and, and like we would just push it to the side because we're like, oh, so long ago. But like when you tell someone like, oh, yeah, he played into his mid 40s and he was still going to the Super Bowl when he was 43. Like that sounds like stuff you hear from the olden days of sports. Uh, and somehow he's been able to do it in this in this new era. Um, and he's won it a bunch of different ways. I think the one thing you can kind of put against him is he's never actually been all that great uh, in the Super Bowls. Yet his team still finds a way to win them. And, and the best I'm pretty sure the best Super Bowl performance he ever had, he lost to Nick Foles. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> that's like the one thing you can kind of pull is like his stats in Super Bowls are really – average at best but they keep winning them and again if if they pull off this one uh really all arguments are put to bed I feel like also Tom Brady just has that element that like even in that Super Bowl against the Eagles like it's Tom Brady he he finds a way to win no matter what he threw three interceptions in the game against the Packers they were like people were like oh is Brady gonna go down no matter what Brady finds a way to win and when he doesn't like that Super Bowl which is my favorite moment of ever um it's like insane but when he threw that ball into the end zone I was like it's done they they did it because they always do like the the Patriots won the Super Bowl once again it's just crazy that element that he brings and I think you see that in a lot of these athletes that we've talked about and are going to continue talking about when it comes to that greatest goat greatest of all time yeah anyone else want to chime in I mean who is um is there a runner-up a clear runner-up for URK in that discussion? Not really. Um, and it all depends on where you put, you know, the value. Uh, if you want to go to the Super Bowls conversation, which obviously is driving the Brady narrative, um, then you go to Joe Montana. Um, you know, you can obviously go to Peyton Manning if you want to as, you know, the second best quarterback of all time. Obviously, in this town, you get a lot of John Elway. Um, there's people who want to say, you know, the – like go way back and talk about Johnny Unitas and those type of guys. And as you guys know, the further you go back, the harder it gets to make these comparisons. But that's for me, what, what makes this another kind of feather in the cap for Brady is just like, there isn't really a clear number two, in my opinion. And it feels like there's now a clear number one. Now I will say if he loses this Super Bowl. Some people can get some fodder by talking about how many times he's lost in the Super Bowl. Um, and well, that's the big argument that people have for Jordan over LeBron, too. Mm -hmm. Jordan was 6-0 in the finals, and people hold it against LeBron that he got there but didn't win. Right. And, and if Brady wins this one, then he now has seven. Um, and so, you know, he'll be uh, – seven and three in Super Bowls and 
again, I don't think really anyone can talk too much about the three that he's lost. Uh, and, and if he loses this one, then he moves to six and four. And it's like, well, okay, well, now you have a little bit of a, con- a conversation about, well, he didn't always get it done on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. For people who are recently tuning in, um, Ryan right now isn't saying Tom Brady is the greatest of all time in all sports. Right now we're talking about each individual sport. Then we're going to move into greatest athlete of all time, of all time in every sport. Um, He is not saying that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. I saw that a few times in the comments. Just want to clear that one up. Um, But I think the way that people feel about Tom Brady is very similar to the way they feel about LeBron. There's just like that hatred, especially when, when these incredible athletes like hurt your team like destroy your team you're like you just have that feeling and and i think that plays into um thinking of them in the greatest of all time format and then comparing them to other players does anyone else feel any way about tom brady i think it's interesting that he totally avoids any of the scandals that were attached to him largely that's the one thing that tends to you know we talk about all this stuff in baseball and steroids was such a bigger deal but deflate gate and spy gate and all these things if there's a there's a negative on his resume it's that and it's you know we didn't make a huge deal about them at the time maybe so people don't as much but i don't know that's the one thing that for me in our case right like there's ultimately there's a point at which you go yeah but i mean if they're also not doing those things and he's still winning like did he need those things to win but that sounds eerily close to the barry bonds argument did he mm-hmm. need steroids to be a great player no did he do it anyway yeah did that tarnish his legacy yeah. And so, you know, I, for me, uh, I will think of Tom Brady always as, yeah, the, certainly the greatest quarterback of my lifetime, but like there will always be that element too of it's really too bad that he didn't always do it in an above board manner. It's so hard in football, right? Because you compare the quarterback position a little bit to like pitching in baseball, right? But if a quarterback plays for a team that has no O-line, they're not going to be anywhere near what they could have been with an elite O-line. So mm-hmm. it's it's so hard to separate out a single player on a football team. I think probably harder than any other of the big four. Right. The one thing I will say is that all positions are on the offensive side of the ball are more dependent on the quarterback than the quarterback is dependent on the other positions. That's true. Um, but it's true. I mean, that, and that's kind of why people, you know, love calling it the greatest team sport because it really is so dependent on, you know, 11 guys all doing their job for success to occur. Um, and, and again, that's, that's another reason why it's just tough to say it's Jerry Rice or someone like that because, you know, Jerry Rice played with Joe Montana and Steve Young. And how much did he benefit from that? What would have happened if Randy Moss played with Joe Montana and Steve Young? Um, And then the other thing, one thing that I do love about this conversation is usually when we talk about other sports, like I said, like I was, I had to take that LeBron would be better in Jordan's era. Um, At quarterback, it's kind of the other way around. Um, You can go back and look at like Dan Marino and look at the stats that he put up back then when there weren't all these rules favoring passing and be like, oh, my God, if you took Dan, Dan Marino and let him play now, what would he do? Uh, and that's kind of a fun thing, you know, to look and say, oh, like those guys actually, especially at the quarterback position, which isn't quite as reliant on stature and athleticism and all that other stuff. Um, you can make the case that those, you know, the John Elways of the world would have dominated today like like nothing we're seeing right now, or at least been up there with the the Patrick Mahomes and the Tom Brady's. 
Before we move on to hockey, Daniel in the comments asked a good question. Um, so Ryan, he said, I really hate to say, but the way Mahomes is going right now, how long until you think he is in this type of conversation? I mean, there's always going to be like some sort of longevity argument that could go to anyone. So I think like you have to play at least like eight years before you start to be in the greatest of all time conversation. At the same time, unfortunately, like if he gets two in his first three years as a starter, then he's certainly on track is all I can say. You know, like it sucks, but that's that's the case. Um, So. You know, a lot of guys have won one in their first three years. Um, not a lot of guys have been to two Super Bowls and an AFC championship in their first three years, if anyone. Um, but if if you if Brady can hold him off, uh, you know, next Sunday, then this conversation gets uh, put to sleep for a little while. Uh, if he gets two in his first three years, this conversation is going to be loud for a yeah. while. Yeah. And I know Broncos fans don't want to hear that, guys. We know, but. We're talking about greatest athletes of all time, and it's hard to not have these people in the conversation. Let's move on to hockey. Uh, There's a reason why it's last, as you could see AJ in the comments just saying, Gretzky, end of pod, good show, fam. Um, And we've seen, I've seen a lot of people in the comments also agreeing with that. So there's a reason why it's last. I want the conversation um, to really get going. So Rudo, who is the greatest hockey player of all time, in your opinion? Kale McCarr is even the best player on the abs right now. But let me take you on a journey about how everything in my life became a lie when I was young. (laughs) What are some of the greatest records in sports, the ones people talk about that will never be broken? Here's what I think of. Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. Wilt Chamberlain's 100 points in a game. Maybe throw in something like Jerry Rice's all-time receiving yards. I was witness to Cal Ripken playing over 2,600 games in a row growing up. But all of those are the wrong answer. And nobody knows it. Because Wayne Gretzky has, I believe, the three hardest records to ever break in sports. But no one talks about it because they are so far beyond anything that any of his peers have done that it's just never relevant to the conversation. He is so far ahead. There's an ocean between him and anyone else in the NHL. The three records I'm talking about, the one everyone probably knows about is his all-time points, uh, 2,857. If you took away all of his goals, assists only would still be the leader all-time in NHL points. That's that the most ridiculous stat I've ever heard. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, mind-blowing. Take out to, all of his goals. Let me, let me put it into this context. In the modern era, if you hit 120 points in a season, you are the best player in the league. By a good margin. You would have to do that for 25 years to catch Wayne Gretzky's numbers. Yeah. The best player in the modern NHL. And I know what you're going to say. Yeah, but things are different now. There's a lot less scoring in the league. And while that is true, when you compare Wayne Gretzky to his peers at his time, best season of Wayne Gretzky's career, 215 points. By the way, he scored 200 point, 200 or more points four times, the only player to score 200 points. He scored 215 points in 85-86. The next closest player to him was Mario Lemieux, widely considered the second best hockey player ever. He had 145 points that year. He beat him by over 60 points. 
I, that's 70 points, right? So a 70 point cap to the next best player ever in a season. It's the gaps are just completely mind boggling. The other two that I believe are will never, ever, ever, ever be broken. Fastest player to 50 goals. He scored 50 goals in 39 games in a season and 51 game point streak during which he had 153 points. That would be like Joe DiMaggio hitting 750 for his entire (laughs) hitting streak. Like it's, you can't even comprehend the numbers. Like it just doesn't even make sense. When you look at the numbers of Wayne Gretzky's career, he has to date 60 NHL records, and that does not include a handful of ones that the NHL doesn't officially track, which would add dozens more to his list. It's, I, he's so good. He retired 22 years ago now, and he's so good that he actually gained an additional record while being retired. Because Mario Lemieux returned after his time away from the game. Originally, Mario Lemieux was the highest point-per-game player in the league. After he returned, played more games, couldn't produce at the absurd numbers he used to, he fell down the list and Gretzky became number one. He'd been retired for like eight years when this happened. I love how ridiculous the points record is. And the result is that it just wastes time even talking about it because it's it's so ridiculous. There, there's no point in even talking about it because the record's so ridiculous. Hockey fans don't talk about any of these records because you just go in and you're like, yep, Gretzky's the great one. The closest, the only one people really talk about is the goals record at 894 because this past generation, Alex Ovechkin, widely considered the greatest goal scorer ever to play hockey. They're like, yeah, all right, if Ovi can score 30 goals until he's 43, he's got a chance. He might make it. But <laughs> it is long. truly crazy. And I, I think, Rudo, you make a good point. I feel like even in these conversations, like Gretzky gets brought up, but because of how crazy, how far ahead of his peers he is when it comes to these stats in hockey, you really don't hear and really like go into the details of how incredible he was. And yeah. um, we've got someone here in the comments saying uh, to check out Ice Guardians. I actually haven't watched that, so I'm definitely going to go watch that. That's the one thing that's such a bummer to me is just really – I was two um, when he retired then. or So, like, I didn't really get a chance to see him and just all of the highlights you see. It's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. It, I was not quite old enough to, like, fully – understand what I was witnessing at the end of Gretzky's career where he was still amazing, but not the absurd player that he was in his prime. But it's, it's not just that it's the, the respect he garnered over the course of his career. Uh, Kira mentioned the, the um, guardians. Yeah. The documentary about it and how, I mean, a lot of crazy stuff happened in his career, but my, one of my favorite stories is, is as he got older, the league respected him so much that on the ice, there were stories of players when they played against Gretzky, if they were going into the corner against him or something, they'd slow down. They'd say, okay, Mr. Gretzky, I'm going to hit you now. And then they would check him into the boards. <laughs> wow. So, what I got to say to that is hockey back in that era sounds soft. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> only, only for Wayne Gretzky. Everybody else, it wasn't quite so soft. Um, but, 
T Diz says only one dude in sports that has had his jersey retired league wide simply because of his dominance. Yep. And Canada will still like shame you if in any sport if you try and wear number ninety nine now. So interesting. I didn't know that one. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. They, they must be mad at a lot of football players. <laughs> <laughs> um Mishka, I hope I'm saying your name right. Um, says, didn't Nathan McKinnon break one of Gretzky's records? No, but Joe Sackick did. Um, it's not a very fun record, but Joe Sackick passed Wayne Gretzky for most assists in the All Star game. <laughs> oh my God! Take that! Did it? Let's go, Joe. <laughs> Sackick with 16. I believe someone else passed him too. Gretzky only had 13. Um, yeah, Messier got 14 and uh, Bork got to 13. Gretzky had 12. So I'm, ass- I'm assuming that commenter just had a premonition um, about the rest of Nathan McKinnon's career. Well, there you go. There you go. Now yeah. we're talking. I like that positivity. Um, but okay, with that, a lot of people in the comments are agreeing. Um, Rudo, someone asked, in your opinion, who's the greatest goalie of all time? We can give them a quick answer. Do you need me to answer that question? It's obviously Patrick Waugh. Yeah, okay. come on. Well, I didn't know if maybe there was someone back in the day. No, it's Patrick Waugh okay. by a lot. Okay, good. Ryan looked at me like, I'm like, I'm just reading the question. <laughs> they um, just wanted to hear him say it. <laughs> just wanted wanted that reassurance, he, especially after talking so much about all these other players. That's I, That's another thing I think people don't fully understand a lot oh, of people AJ disagrees a, a AJ, lot of, delete your account aj said that just to stir up <laughs> stir up yeah. fire he he loves wa more than i do trust me uh but oh, we've got other people saying the, it too the Get part it? that oh. people that say hasek the part they don't understand is that wa pretty much revolutionized the position he's the one who mastered the butterfly and is basically the model for every modern day goalie in how they play the position. The end of this stand-up era of hockey, which allowed some of the absurd statistics, I almost said those words correctly, that Wayne Gretzky got up to in the 80s. So, um, AJ in the comments saying Ovechkin is the best goal scorer in history, and he's still going to fall short. Yeah, that I mean, there's a whole conversation there about how cursed Ovechkin is with lockouts and COVID-shortened seasons and everything, but... You could probably make the case, though, about Ovi playing in Gretzky's era. He would have that goals record. Oh, right. He'd have 2,000 goals. And yeah. Yeah. It's just impossible to even try to compare hockey era to era. Yes, and and sure. I've, talk, I've talked about that, um, the fact that I grew up in Philly. Obviously, a lot of people know that, but I was never a Flyers fan. And um, I started. I moved to D.C. and started going to Caps games. And I still wasn't much of a hockey fan, but just wa- this wasn't this was when they were still struggling too. They weren't playing all, and Ovi was just inc- like it was incredible to watch just Ovi over and over and over again. And that started just watching the Caps and watching hockey is when I started getting back into hockey. And then of course moving out to Colorado, how could I not love the Avs? Um, but yeah, Ovechkin has been yeah incredible, I, especially a young Ovechkin like. His highest season in shots was 520 or something. Like it, it, the volume at which he put pucks on net, especially when he was younger, is just pretty much unheard of. <laughs> Maybe Phil Esposito comes close or somebody, but it, 
the Caps for many, many years had one play, and that was pass the puck to Ovechkin and let him shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Very true. Um, Okay. So now that we've heard all of the arguments and just kind of like nominations for each team or each sport, who do you guys think is the greatest, greatest of all time? Ryan, I'll start with you. Well, I just want to add in a couple other names here that didn't come in because they're not part of the major sports. Um, Serena Williams absolutely deserves a position in this conversation. Uh, And when it comes to dominance, uh, it's really hard to argue against her. Um, She's won 85% of her matches. Like none of the people we're talking about have that type of win, uh, win loss record. Um, And then Michael Phelps, uh, who also has popped up in, in the comments there. And there's a lot of Olympians uh, who could be brought up in this conversation. It's just so difficult when they only get to be on the biggest stage every, once every four years. Um, but those two are the ones that came to my mind, and I'm probably forgetting some other ones who should be in this conversation. But Serena is the one who really has a case uh, in terms of dominance in her sport uh, that that you can't leave out. I agree. And that's what I was going to say after we talked about that, is that these – The nominations and everything are based on the sports that each of these guys cover. Um, I think even when we were going through all decades, we were, we were talking about gymnastics, we were talking about tennis and and we don't cover these sports. So we don't know them as much. So based on our conversations here on the sports that these guys truly cover day in and day out is where we're basing this conversation. But Serena Williams, so many athletes, so many athletes who've gone in the Olympics, a hundred percent. Pele. Usain Bolt. Um, yeah, exactly. There's so Bolt. many people um, who are in this conversation, not just these four major sports. It's one steeped in nostalgia that doesn't feel as good anymore these days, but certainly in his prime, Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've got people in the comments also bringing up soccer players. Um, uh, Jack Nicholas also has to be in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, people. There's a lot. It's pretty great that we've had the chance to see and experience all of these freaking incredible athletes. Um, But with that, out of the people that we talked about today um, on this panel, who is the greatest, greatest of all time in your opinion? We'll start with Harrison. I think Rudo laid out a pretty good argument for Gretzky. Um, Just the fact that there's such a big separation between him and the number two guy in his sport has to be a, a big argument for him because at least in the NBA, I mean, LeBron Jordan, that's pretty close. That's that's very, very close. Um, I, I just don't think there's as big of a separation in the other sports that there is in hockey. And that, that's got to be worth something um, big for Gretzky. So I'll go Gretzky. Ryan? Yeah, I, I mean, the only way that you could really make some sort of case against Gretzky here is if you could somehow prove that it's like it was like easier for him to be great in hockey than it would be for any of these other athletes. And I just I don't see that conversation. Um, so, you know, the, the champ, you can pull the championships thing where there's other athletes who have more than him. Um, and like I said, you know, Brady can pre- can surpass Michael Jordan in a couple weeks in that category. Uh Got it. Still going to have uh, ways to go to catch Bill Russell, but um, it's uh, 
it's just so hard to go against Gretzky here. And I don't, and I, I'm certainly not going to make the case for Brady over Gretzky. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think the, the closest here, like I said, it would probably be Serena Williams. Um, and she didn't really get a, you know, like we said, we're talking about the four major sports that we cover here. So uh, I think it's got to be Gretzky. Yeah, um, Simone Biles, is that how you say her name? Yeah. Just want to make sure. I'm really bad at names, guys, and then I overthink it, and then I sit here thinking, am I going to mess this name up, and I'm going to embarrass myself, so I just second-guess it so much. It's actually Um, Simone Bilet. You never know, especially with hockey. Hockey has made me so much more like, I I don't think I'm going to read that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so many people in the comments are bringing up these incredible athletes. Serena, definitely one of them. Um, Drew, who would your vote go towards? MJ. I think Jordan's the greatest of all time. I think there's, uh, you know, actually, with all of the how far out uh, in front Gretzky is, I think it's all great. We have a, you know, a word for that in baseball is uh, compiler, right? There's. The, 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 I'm not saying he won the greatest of all time in hockey, but as you pointed out there, like it, it, a lot of that had to do with the era that he was playing in. As RK said, if you took Ovechkin, as you said, Rudo, if you took Ovechkin back, there's a lot of guys who maybe would have those stats instead. And to me, that means that that has as much to do with the time that he played in and, and kind of what was available. It's maybe a little bit closer to, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, who's, we're never going to see 100 points scored in a game again or a guy like average 50 boards for a season. That's never going to happen again. But to some degree, that has to do with the era he belonged to, not necessarily that he truly was that much better than anyone else who would ever come along and play. And so in my estimation, there's just a, a better non-era based, non-timing specific. You know, there was no amount of the only thing is, as Wind brought up earlier, the only thing that really had to lo- come into place where, where Jordan got lucky was Scottie Pippen. That's it. And and that's a pretty good that's, – that's, Although that didn't come along till later. Till later. And you can even make the argument that without MJ, Scottie Pippen doesn't become who he becomes. You, we have no way of knowing to what extent him pushing that guy. You know, we saw in the last dance who wasn't always the most motivated to get out there on the court and do things, like what that meant. And the guy – you know, almost single-handedly, and I know it doesn't work that way, but took a team that had been a joke to six consecutive, more or less. I, I know he took some time off in there, but as he was trying championships, and to me, it's just like that level of dominance just isn't, you don't have to, there, there are no caveats. You don't have to say, yeah, but the era, this, that, or the other. Was it as good as today? Probably not, but Charles Barkley and Hakeem Olajuwon and Patrick Ewing and those Clyde Drexler, those guys were no slouches. And as I mentioned, it was actually harder to score points and to dominate games as an offensive player back then. It's the opposite of the Gretzky argument, where it was easier, much easier to put up points back then. So that Jordan still has all of these accomplishments. And, you know, it's I said earlier why I don't think LeBron has quite come up to them. But to me, MJ is the GOAT. He's the GOAT of all time. And and we a GOAT of all time. Like, that's not already in there. Uh, and, And we talked a little bit, too, about, you know, Gretzky, you know, guys coming up and saying, Oh, I'm not going to hit you or oh, I'm about to hit you or whatever that all that stuff times a thousand for MJ. We haven't included all the icon status, right? Of Michael Jordan being for most of the nineties, the most famous person in the world. And, you know, uh, and, and also someone who changed the game and who brought basketball to parts of Europe and, and Africa and Asia where they hadn't been playing it before. Like his impact on the game is just unmatched. So no, MJ is the greatest of all time. Rudo, 
Are you you did so back? much work. You did so much work to, to get the hockey community on your side, Drew. I know. Now you just yeah. lost them all. We'll win them back. Don't worry, we'll hockey Twitter. We'll, we'll convert them to Gretzky soon enough. It'll, it'll be, uh, it is, it's definitely Gretzky. I don't, I don't think there's even any sort of conversation close to it. I will say, if you want to make an argument that it's not Gretzky, and if you want to have fun with the two Blues fans in this chat right now, or maybe watching this after the fact, all you have to do is say Gretzky had it, lost it, Iserman picked it up. St. Louis Blues lost in double overtime in the, was it the conference finals or the second round? I forget. Wayne Gretzky, the, the biggest mistake probably on his record, turning over a puck there to, to lose in St. Louis, but... I don't think I really have to say anything other than this Jordan right here. Never. You can just uh, you can just drop the mic with this wonderful, wonderful hockey flow. Oh God! Mm. Oh, I also think Gretzky might have the best like sport specific name. Name uh, right like like Wayne Gretzky is like the most hockey possible name, and maybe obviously there's like internal bias that's happening there because he is the best hockey player of all time, but. Like Gretzky is just so perfect for hockey. <laughs> I will oh. say the one thing you didn't bring up, uh, Drew, that I think is the best case for Jordan. Maybe you did, uh, but I, I want to double down on it. Is that he was undefeated in the finals? Uh, and for all of us who uh, you know have been watching sports our whole life, sp- clutch is something that you just can't quantify, uh, and it is one of those things that separates players uh, from other players. Like, like I don't think there's really anything separating Tom Brady from a lot of great quarterbacks other than simply just clutch. Clutch. Uh, and Jordan go, had that in spades. You go down a road with, like, Derek Fisher and, and Bill Russell at that point, though, and oh. you start – yeah, yeah. you got to bring Robert. That's what I'm saying. Is like oh. clearly not the best players in the <laughs> well, but, world that just but, won a lot. Like, well, yeah, but you can be really clutch and also not great at all the other things, and that's how you get Robert Ory. Clutch gene. I'm a believer in the clutch gene. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, Scott. Um, Scott Carpenter here. I pressed the wrong comment. Um, sent super us a chat. super chat, which we appreciate the super chat so, so much. It's a new feature that we've enabled on YouTube. Um, and especially in post game shows and that type of thing. We have so many of you in the comments, which is just so exciting, but it makes it easier for us to see your comment and make sure that it is answered in a great way. So he's saying Serena Williams is the best athlete I've ever seen. Wasn't blessed enough to watch Jordan or Gretzky. And I just, so I mean, that actually means Allie has to take a shot right now. Oh, yeah, that's a rule. That's not true. <laughs> if we get another super chat, then maybe I'll do it for you guys. Oh, uh, that's a danger. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. We have right. Cavs game tonight. And yeah, everyone Rubro, tune into the post game. Rubro right. was really out Rubro. in that one. But okay, before we finish the show, Green Mountain Dental Group, guys, I finally went over, have my appointment to get my wisdom teeth removed in February. I think the second or third week of February, I'm getting my bottom teeth removed, not the top ones. They were so, so nice. And also, I liked the fact that he wasn't like, let's just remove all of them because why not? There's no need to remove the top ones. It's going to be more painful and all that stuff at the moment. So he's like, let's just focus on what is 
going to benefit you the most right now, which I truly appreciate that. I've been to so many doctors um, because of my concussions and just had really bad experiences with uh, that type of thing. So I loved that. They're such great people, huge Denver sports fans. They were here on Friday when it went into overtime for the Nuggets, overtime for the abs. They were screaming their, like, I was going to say screaming their ears off. Screaming their <laughs> mouths off. Is that does that even make sense? Screaming their heads off, I think maybe what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. So that that includes mouth and ears. <laughs> you know, I was right at the end of it. Oh my god. Oh, did you? Who's got the air horn? Chat? Yeah, that's a super <laughs> chat. That's a super chat right there. <laughs> that's a shot. I take one, but I don't know. This is what happens. When you have to take the chat. This yeah. is what you asked for this. All right, all right, bro. Birthday shots for Allie. <laughs> so funny. Uh, <laughs> all, right. all right, we can carry this while you go pour yourself a shot. Okay. All right. Well, can we? <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> oh no, we're lost. Um, we're lost. We keep talking about Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental Group is great. Free Sonicare toothbrush, cleaning, X-ray, and exam. Everyone knows the drill. Um, Rudo, what do we the got on tap for this the the dentist? Oh. Oh. Come on. What do we got on tap for the Avs tonight? Avs play against San Jose tonight. I mean, I don't want to predict another seven-goal game, but, you know, San Jose doesn't have good goaltending, so I'm not More taking it off the table. <laughs> Who's yeah. starting goal for that? Are they going straight to Dubnik, or yep. are they going to go? <laughs> Dubnik for minute one tonight. Let's go. I, am going I to know Dubnik. one goalie who's not a member of the abs and it's the good one to know speaking um, of the, speaking of goats no, yeah. that's michael jordan's tequila is it See, really in yeah. honor of the show i have to drink out of this one <sighs> um okay well yeah so green mountain Devil group they're fantastic go check them out like ryan said free something i'm not taking this is what happens you did it to uh, yourself Fine, I will take two, but that is it. I'm not taking any more. You're not allowed to do that to me. Uh, I uh, still have a lot of work to do. It's on a Friday. Our people are the um, best. Uh, yeah, Green Mountain. Now I'm overwhelmed. I'm flustered. Just take the shot. Just, right. Yeah, drink it. It's time to drink. Well, I wanted to make sure everyone knew I was actually doing it and not being fake. You know there are no uh, songs about Wayne Gretzky, as far as I know. Also, I'm just I'm just trying to build the got the whole be like Mike. Oh, thing. don't make me don't make me go find one. <laughs> All right, there's <laughs> one. Not, not the best endorsement for Michael Jordan tequila I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually really not that good at all. Tastes like second place. Well, this is also añejo, which is just a darker. Tequila. I'm always a silver gal. Um, yeah, I do prefer silver too. Especially when shot taking. Like I don't like gold tequila to take shots at at all. So that's why it's just a little more rough. Um, Less talking, more pouring. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a fun avalanche breakdown when I get to the bar. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, another video too. You guys are killing me. All right, there's two. Thanks, guys. Happy Thursday. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay. All right, That's there you go. Podcasting. You guys needed to talk over. <laughs> good work. We're, we're amused. ASMR shot taking. It's fine. <laughs> At least I don't make faces like Henry does. Those are honestly Matt McChesney today was in studio. 
And he was like, my favorite thing in the world is to watch Henry take shots. What is wrong with that kid? Why does he make those feet? Why is it that way? And I was like, I honestly don't know, but we love it. Too. Does he know about the shoes? What the shoelaces? Miches- uh, the, oh, uh, oh. Hank in the weird ass way he ties his shoes? He does tie I... his shoes super weird. I don't even know if I know how he ties his shoes. We're going to have to do like a video of this to roast him. Um, by the way, speaking of Henry taking shots and the super chat, everyone just like start saving up now for the final tailgate show of the season, which will come before no, the Super Bowl. I'm limit on that. We're not killing, killing Hank. We're not having a black out. We are not killing Hank. <laughs> We're not going to kill Hank. I'm Sorry, not letting him child. Okay. Does Hank tie the shoes? Does he like tuck them, tuck the shoelaces under the soles? Something That's like that. That's what he said. Yeah. No, yeah. he like puts the shoelaces under the under his foot. Under his foot. Yeah. That's like a so monster. Weird. AJ has linked me a song titled Wayne Gretzky by Goldfinger, Drew, by the way. <laughs> oh, and that's a legit man. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's move on to. We're um, moving on. We're still going. <laughs> yeah, we've got who I, won the week. Uh, I have places to be. Yeah, here in five minutes for a bet show. That's what you've got going on. So I, you're good. Okay. Well, well I, I also have four percent battery on my uh, on my hey, laptop. It'll be fast as you keep talk. Uh, this as you keep talking, it makes it longer. All right, All right. we are. Playing. Oh, it started too early. Who was the dog? And who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Love it, love it. I'm not now that it's back, we're not gonna just move on. Especially how you guys made me feel when I messed up the poll and I didn't mess up the poll this time. So we are going to talk about who won the week. Um, I agree it is hot up here, Brandon, but I think it's because of the tequila. Um, yeah, justice. Yes, right. who won the week last week? Wow. It was A, Michael Porter Jr. for being back in the Nuggets lineup. B, Bowen Byram and Hunter Miska for making their NHL debuts. C, Nikola Jokic for being the best basketball player in the world. And D, Nathan McKinnon for being Nathan McKinnon. C1, Nikola Jokic for being the best basketball player in the world. Like you guys said, justice has been served. 54% of people voted for Jokic. So because of that, Harrison, you get 30. No, I made that case. Oh. That is true. (laughs) Brendan, the Nuggets guys, the Nuggets guys representative said Michael Porter Jr. for being back in the Nuggets lineup. Yep. I wasn't going to let Jokic not win another one. It only took a month to finally get him in. Crazy. Crazy. 2021, it ain't so bad. It ain't so bad. All right. So, Ryan, 30 seconds to talk about whatever you would like. I'm scared. Go. I would just like to uh, give a huge congratulations uh, to the New Orleans Saints of the DNVR Madden League, coached by head coach Ryan Konigsberg, (laughs) for winning their second title. Uh, um, uh, Coach Konigsberg just led an unbelievable campaign 13 and three and uh took them to the title game josh allen javion hawkins uh miko hardman all just integral integral to that championship so congrats to the saints and coach k time 
Yes. For people who didn't understand that, there is a Madden League. Ryan won the Super Bowl for the second time, and he he loved it so much that he went and rewatched Fight. his win. <laughs> I had to Spano hear Brandon on the call. Yeah, yeah Spano and Hank <laughs> killed it on the call. And there's a part where Brandon goes, and as much as it kills me to say, RK might be really building a dynasty here. <laughs> yeah, when, when can we order our Coach K Super Bowl shirts? <laughs> I know, right? Where is it? Come on, Eric. Please, Eric, come on, get on that. Um, someone said, always got time for that song. I agree. All right, let's move on. I think there's a lot a lot to be said here, especially the Nuggets are um, just won five straight. Uh, Avs have won, have scored seven plus goals at home for the second straight time, which is pretty crazy um, this season. Let's start with Rudo. Go. Miko Rantanen clearly won the week. He has six goals in six straight games. Uh, one more, and he will tie the all-time Avalanche record at seven. Joe Sackett did a couple times. Someone else did it. I forget who. Anyway, Rantanen is off to a beast of a start. He is... A critical piece. We all know we're going to get amazingness from Nathan McKinnon every single night, but you add the Rantanen, let's call it what it is, Hall of Fame caliber performances so far, abs are going to be unstoppable. Oh, even with two seconds to spare. If he stays on this pace, he could catch Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) If he scores like this for the rest of his career, he'll make it. Every single game. Um, yeah, big moves. I put money on him winning the Art Ross on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm really excited because uh, I think he's going to continue to be successful this season, especially on a line with Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Miko does have his own song, and I love that song as well. All right, Harrison, why? Oh, why did the ow the Nuggets win the week? Go. Well, nothing's changed. The Nuggets won the week again because Nikola Jokic is still the greatest basketball player in the world. Every single yes, he can. Is still dominating the NBA. He still has the Nuggets on his shoulders right now. And Denver is finally winning again. They're on a five-game win streak. Three of those wins last week, maybe four. Um, and Jokic is carrying this team. So he's... Should be the front runner for MVP. He's the best player in the league right now. Time. All right. Um, I really wonder how many times this season you guys will use that one. Because um, I think, again, like I feel about Big Moose, I think uh, Jokic will Not, continue. All right. We'll whip yeah. Ab's Twitter into a frenzy here. We let you have it once, but. <laughs> yeah, AJ was like, quote tweeted it and said, I voted for Jokic. You should too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, why did the Broncos or someone in the Broncos or the Buffs or whoever you're going to end up saying and avoid my rules uh, um, on the week go? I only have very little time here because my computer will die any second. So I'm going to say uh, Michael Porter Jr. won the week because, yeah, Mike. All right. That's it. What's that? Oh, yeah, Mike. and he's gone. <laughs> and That's done. really all he had time for. Um, all right, Drew, why whoever you think won the week won the week? Todd Helton won the week. He made the biggest jump of anybody in Hall of Fame voting up to 49%. No, he didn't get into the Hall of Fame yet. No one was expecting him to, but that was a massive leap and shows the huge strides that voters have made after getting Larry Walker. And basically what we know now is Todd Helton will get into the Hall of Fame. We learned that this week for sure it's just going to be another year or two but the voters have come around and said with a very clear loud voice 
that guy's a Hall of Famer, so the Colorado Rockies will have their second member in Cooperstown. Um, comments are going crazy for yeah, Mike. But then Miss Mishka brings up a good point. Philip Lindsay got engaged. Congratulations to him. The proposal was really cute. Philip Lindsay wins the story. week. It's cute. Um, but all right, this was an awesome show. Thanks for everyone who's stayed around listening with us listening with us this entire time. Don't forget, oh, someone left a review and I promised that I would read reviews. Sorry, last thing, guys. Um, thank you so much for leaving a review on iTunes. It truly does help us out. So you should, everyone should go leave a review. Podcast. Uh, they said, it's loading, sorry. Okay. Um, sorry, guys, it's loading. Uh, perfect way to stay in touch with the Colorado sports teams. I don't have time to obsess over a fun cast, no matter the combo. I listen every week. BK Avs, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for leaving a rating. Come hang out at the bar this weekend. It is going to be so much fun. And then, of course, tune into all of our post-game shows, like tonight with the Avs and tomorrow with the Nuggets. We will see you guys next week. See ya. Please don't make me keep taking shots in the future. <laughs>